This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. As you're being seated, if you would, turn to the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 11. We've been walking through the New Testament, beginning with the Gospels, looking at the miracles of the New Testament, the miracles of Jesus, learning the patterns, the principles, and how we can apply those patterns and principles to our lives that our every need would be met. And today, the passage, it is the perfect illustration of faith and how faith works, how faith works over time. As a born-again believer, you know, today, after the offering, we'll have baptism. Baptism is a public profession of faith in Christ. It is a public witness to what has happened when a man or woman has professed faith in Jesus Christ that they are born again, that they are a new creation in Christ, that the old man, the old woman is dead, buried, crucified with Christ, dead and buried, and a new man, a new woman is risen in Christ Jesus. And so I believe on this uh, cold, rainy Sunday, I'm, I'm speaking to born-again believers. And as a born-again believer, you can bring forth the promises of God's Word in your life. As a believer, as a born-again believer, you can bring forth the good things of the Word of God in your life over time. And I say over time because sometimes, you know, people, they'll, they'll give the devil five years, they'll give the devil ten years, they'll, they'll give doing things their way ten, fifteen years, and they want to give the Lord thirty-five seconds. And the Lord does the most wonderful things in His grace and mercy but just as it took time for there to be a negative harvest in your life, in your circumstances, it's going to take time for the harvest to change. It's going to take time for there to be a positive harvest in your life and in your circumstances. Now, I actually want to begin with some of the verses I'm going to share at the end. Luke 6.45 is an example. Luke 6.45, Jesus taught a good man. What kind of man? A good man. Now, the New Testament tells us that there is no one good but God alone. So what kind of man or woman are we talking about? A born-again man. Someone that has been made righteous in Christ Jesus. As Paul tells us, the righteousness of God, it has been given. It has been credited to them. So this is who we're supposed to be. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And that's what today's message is about. Faith, how faith works, and what we are 
bringing forth in our lives. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. But an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, NIV says out of the abundance of the heart, for of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. Out of the abundance of your heart the mouth speaketh. You know, when you're, you work two weeks and you get paid, that money probably gets direct deposited. But when you get a check or something out of the blue, you know, now we, everything's so easy, you know, take a picture of it with your phone, deposit it that way. Although I'm in favor of checks that are of an amount so big, you can't mobile deposit it. Amen. Amen. You know, you, you try and it says, uh, sorry, you're going to have to do this in person. Well, when there's money, a check, whatever it is, you, you deposit it. Well, something to think about throughout this message is on a daily basis, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but what are we allowing, what are we permitting to be deposited into our lives and into our hearts? Because Jesus says that in our lives, we're, we're, we're bringing forth, but we're bringing forth on the basis of what is in our heart. And in your life, and we say during the offering time, you're the farmer, in your life, you're also in charge of what you allow, what you permit to be deposited into your life and into your heart. And the reality is, if it's being deposited, sooner or later, it's going to come forth in what you believe and in what you say and in what you confess. And we'll see from what Jesus taught the disciples in Mark 11, that, that what we say over time, it has everything to do with the circumstances of life. So throughout this message, I want you to meditate on how we are to supervise, we are to police, we are to have parameters and guards and limits on what we allow to be deposited into our life and into our heart by what we see, by what we hear, by what we listen to. As a born-again believer, you can bring forth the good things of God's Word. And Jesus taught this by example in Mark chapter 11. We all know Mark 11, beginning in verse 22. I'm going to read it out of the King James. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. He literally said, Have the God kind of faith. Have faith like our Heavenly Father. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, you know, sometimes someone might say, Well, Austin, y'all deal with confession. I just don't see that, or I don't believe that. Well, you need to renew your mind to Mark chapter 11. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Why don't we say this? Say, I will have whatsoever... I say. Now what we're going to see in the short passage today is that it takes time. Just as it took time for there to be a negative harvest, it takes time for there to be a positive harvest. But in your life, over time, you shall have whatsoever you say. And so if you say, Austin, I don't like the circumstance of my life, the very first thing to do after you give your life to the Lord is to change what you are saying. 
but go back to Luke 6.45, a big part of this is what you're allowing to be deposited in your life because a good man brings forth good, an evil man or woman, they bring forth bad, we're to bring forth good by saying what? Well, we ought to be saying what the Word of God says. Verse 23, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. You know, when we teach on faith or we teach on prayer, we're in Mark chapter 11 all the time. But what is the story behind Mark 11, verses 22 through 24? Well, go back up earlier in Mark chapter 11, back up to verse 12. Mark 11, beginning in verse 12, the next day as they were leaving Bethany. This was the beginning of what is called the Passion Week. Jesus had made his way to Jerusalem. When he arrived, he entered into the city on a colt that had never been ridden. The people laid palm branches down on the ground. that They worshiped him as King and Messiah. Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lord Most High. Mark describes how then he went to the temple to look around. We know what's coming, and that is him driving out the money changers, those taking advantage of the people of God who had traveled to Jerusalem and traveled to the temple to worship the Lord. So he, he drives the money changers out. Pharisees, religious leaders, furious, angry. They want him put to death. And then, even though the week begins, them putting palm branches on the ground saying, Hosanna to the highest, we know that the week ends, them saying, we, we, don't, we don't want Jesus released to us, we want Barabbas, a criminal, a murderer released to us. And Pilate says, well, what about Jesus? And they say, crucify him. And they say, let his blood be on us and our children. So it's in that context that this happens. So they're there, they're there in Bethany, they're in the vicinity of Jerusalem, verse 12. The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. You read the Gospels. No matter what Jesus did, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, they they wanted greater signs. He said, no sign will be given to you except the sign of Jonah. What was that? Him being put to death and him being buried. Three days, three nights, and then his resurrection. He said, no, no sign will be given you but the sign of Jonah. And so the fig tree is also illustrative of what was happening. You know, the Bible says elsewhere, your house is left to you desolate. You know, I mentioned the Rangers, probably shouldn't. I hope they win. I hope they figure out a way to make it happen. But people are not dialed into the reality of the seriousness of the times in which we live. Wicked, dangerous, what's going on right now in the Middle East. Literally, the, the possibility that things could go bad and get increasingly dangerous within a matter of hours. People don't seem dialed into the seriousness of the times in which we live. And a parable that Jesus told was the parable of the tenants. 
where Father God represents the vineyard owner. And the, the tenants who represent the natural descendants of Abraham, they are supposed to give to Father God the rent, what is, are the profits from the vineyard. And he sends delegates and representatives to collect the rent, the profits. And instead of them paying what is due, profits that do not belong to them, they kill the prophets, they murder the prophets, finally says, I'm going to send my own son. And what do they do to his son? They don't believe, they, they reject him. They, they have him put to death. And so Jesus says that that vineyard would then be given to others. And who is that? That's you and me. That's the church. That's the body of Christ. To be a light to the nations in the time in which we live. So there's a seriousness to this. There's a seriousness to this. Jesus taught that every tree bears what kind of fruit? Good fruit. And a bad tree bears what kind of fruit? On one occasion, there's no fruit. Master, should this be cut down and thrown in the fire? He says, no, give it how much longer? One more year. But then what eventually happens? There's no fruit. Then let it be cut down and thrown into the fire. So there's a seriousness here. And that is that our lives are to bear fruit. And our lives are to bear good fruit. And one of the ways in which we bear good fruit over time is with our mouth. And what we're saying and bringing forth the good things of God with our mouth. So it had leaves. It was not the season for figs. Then verse 14, he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Now why did Jesus do this? Again, there was an illustration to this. And he was teaching his disciples faith and how faith works. We also see in the context of when this took place, that this was illustrative of what was happening. And when he gave up his spirit, the Bible says that the curtain separating the Holy of Holies, it was torn in two. New time, new era, the age of the church. Every tree is supposed to produce good fruit. And when it doesn't, that tree is going to be replaced. So Jesus illustrated to his disciples faith and how faith works. The Bible says it was not the season for figs. So Jesus did what he did as an illustration. And this illustrates faith and how faith works. Verse 20, the next day, it says, verse 20, in the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. It was dead, dead, dead. Withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Now, Peter was surprised, but Jesus wasn't. Jesus expected what he said to come to pass. And in your life, you ought to expect what you say to come to pass. You might say, oh, Austin, what if it doesn't happen by Monday? What if it doesn't happen by Tuesday? What if it doesn't happen by next month? Do we quit? Do we give up? Do we throw in the towel? Do we go, go from living to God to back to living in the world? Do we go from living to God back to living for the enemy? No, no, we stay with it. If it took time 
for Jesus' words to come to pass, why would we think it would not take time for our words to come to pass? Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Peter was surprised, but Jesus wasn't. And that's when Jesus spoke the words we all know in Mark 11, beginning in verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. They were there in Bethany in the vicinity of Jerusalem, so there was the Mount of Olives as an illustration. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now think about this. If Jesus who was sinless, meaning perfect, if Jesus who was anointed, if Jesus who was both the Son of Man and the Son of God spoke to a fig tree, and yet it took overnight for his words to come to pass, why would you think that you can speak words and not have to wait for your words to come to pass. You know, you might go out to eat after lunch today. You know, hopefully you'll go to a restaurant where they write down your order. Amen. I don't know who came up with this thing of never writing down an order. With the large family, it can be frightening. It's going to be a surprise what everyone gets. But when you go to lunch and place your order, after 30 seconds, you don't say, oh, well, I guess the food's never going to come. I'm going to quit on Olive Garden. I'm never coming back. So, so why are we surprised when things take time? And why do we get so negative and so down and so discouraged when the, the good things take time? And, and that's before the enemy gets involved. That's before there is resistance and opposition and, and the forces of Satan working against us having the good things of God's Word. If Jesus, who was sinless and anointed, if Jesus, who was the Son of Man and Son of God, spoke to a fig tree, and it took overnight for His words to come to pass, why would you think that you can speak words of faith and not have to wait for your words to come to pass? The Bible tells us that there is seed time and harvest. And seed time and harvest doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. You've heard my father describe his grandpa planting on his farm in Tennessee. But if a farmer planted yesterday and woke up this morning and it was cold and wet and rainy and said, well, I don't see the harvest. I guess I'm going to quit being a farmer. That's not a very smart farmer. That's not a very intelligent farmer. Good things take time. Good things take time. You know, there's been a lot of news about strike, auto workers in America, plants being shut down. But if you like cars, read about cars, you know that the nicer and the better built something is, the longer it takes. And so we have to give up this thing of wanting to have things quick and easy and overnight. You know, Christmas is coming up, and maybe you have little ones, or maybe you have family and relatives. They have, they have little ones. Cheap things break. They break quickly. They break easily. Say, well, I can get the, the nice, real, legitimate, made by Mattel, or I'm going to buy the, you know, something off-brand. Well, they might play with it five minutes, and then it's on a break. 
Good things take time. Quality takes time. Anything worth having takes time. There's a time for everything, a time to sow and a time to reap. This is the, the meaning of the parable of the unjust judge in Luke 18. Luke 18, 1, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up, which means that parable is about always praying and not giving up. The point of the parable in Luke 18 is not that our heavenly father is like the unjust judge and that we have to harass him to get our needs met. The point of the parable, Luke tells us, is that we should always pray and never give up. Keep being faithful. Keep being consistent. Keep putting God first. Keep saying what the word of God says. Not giving up. Not throwing in the towel. Not getting into despair or discouragement. But to always pray and never give up. The reality is we're just not diligent enough when it comes to the things of God. But Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us that our Heavenly Father, He is a rewarder of those who diligently, earnestly seek Him. So often we're waiting on the Lord, but He's waiting on us. Or we're waiting on a special service, or on pastor, or on me. Yes, the Lord can say it, or pastor can say it, but you can say it yourself. You can pray about the mountain, but you also, if you're born again, you have the authority in Christ you can speak to the mountain, whatever it is. And you might say, Austin, you don't, you don't know how big my mountain is. They, they were standing by, now it wasn't like the Rockies, but they were by the Mount of Olives, so it was a good-sized hill, good-sized peak, and it was in that context that Jesus said, you can say to the mountain, move, and it will move. So you can pray about the problem or the need, or the circumstance, but you can also speak to the need, or the problem, or the circumstance, or whatever it is. You will have whatsoever you saith. You know, Jessica and I, we're in our second home, and there, there are times we need, we need help figuring something out, or something needs to be taken care of, and we don't know quite how to pray, and, and we'll just say that the Lord is sending the right person, and the Lord is giving them wisdom, and they'll know exactly what needs to be done. Why do we pray that way? Why do we speak that way? Why do we confess that way? Because Jesus said, we will have whatsoever we saith. You know, sometimes someone's facing a, a challenge in their physical body. You know, we're, we're faith people, but it's all right to find out exactly what the situation is. So you know how to pray. So you know how to confess. So you know how to believe God. And we'll pray that the doctor, the nurses, anyone involved, that they have the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God to know exactly what the problem is. And you might say, well, Austin, they're not born again. Well, we will have whatsoever we saith. That they might be the biggest sinner down at that hospital. But if somebody from Faith Christian Center is involved, they have the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God, and that person, they're blessed going in and they're blessed coming out. You will have whatsoever you say. So yes, you can pray about the problem, but like Jesus taught, you can, if, if he could speak to a fig tree as an illustration about faith, about Israel, then you can speak to the mountain in your life Big or small, whatever the need, the problem, 
the circumstance. And you can say what the Word of God says. And so in your life, start speaking to the circumstance of life. Don't just accept negative circumstances. Don't just accept whatever the enemy is dishing out. Whatever he's doing in terms of stealing, killing, and destroying. Don't just accept negative circumstances. When we teach on the will of God, we explain that we know God's will by his word. So you got to give up this thing that whatever happens or is, that it's the will of God. That's nonsense. Let's go back to the restaurant. Now you're like, when's the service over? I want to go eat. But you, you order something. You got your family or group of kids being a blessing. Waiter, waitress doesn't write it down. You're believing you receive. It's all going to be correct when it comes. It's not. Do you just accept it? Well, I guess that's just what I'm going to eat. That, that, that must be the will. It has nothing to do with the will of God. What do you do? You send it back. And you set, your attitude is, I will have exactly what I ordered. Now, to get it right, it might take an extra 10 minutes. Or, you know, it depends if you're one of those places where they have Chef Mike or not. But if you send it back and demand what you want, 10 minutes, 50, it might take some extra time. But the right thing, it is coming. You will have whatsoever you saith. So start speaking to the circumstance of life. Sophie's in the service. She knows that sometimes her mother, I will say, you know, look, we're not going to behave that way. We're not going to act that way. You may not look like you have the joy of the Lord, but you're going to have a good attitude whether you want to or not. Why? We will have whatsoever we saith. And, you know, in our car with five kids sitting next to each other, sometimes they bump each other, poke each other, someone, you know, Emily takes Julia's snack, Julia takes Emily's snack. We are going to have peace and quiet because I will have whatsoever I saith. Start speaking to the circumstances of life. And don't just accept negative circumstances or whatever the enemy is dishing out. Mark 11, verse 14, Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Then he said to the tree, and his disciples heard him say it. He spoke to a plant. He spoke to a tree. But it was to illustrate faith and how faith works. Well, if we can speak to a tree or to a fig tree, why can't we speak to an unpaid bill? Why can't we speak to our physical body? Why can't we speak on the job or at work and say what we want? Verse 20, the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. So in the morning, the next day. So even with Jesus, it took time for the tree to obey his words. It took time for physical circumstances to line up with his words. And it will take time for the circumstances of your life to line up with you saying what the Word of God says. It will take time for the circumstance of your life to line up with your positive confession of the good things of God. In John 15, verse 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. The Word is literally demand what you demand as your rights and privileges as a born-again believer under the new covenant, and it shall be done for you. And then the meaning of that word, it shall be done for you, 
or it will be given you. The meaning of that word, genestatai, it means it will come to pass. It will be done. It will happen. Now, it may not come to pass or happen by 3 p.m. this afternoon or 3 p.m. tomorrow or by December 31st, but if you will believe you receive when you pray, or if you will say to the mountain and not give up on your saying to the mountain, you will have, as Jesus taught, whatsoever you saith. The end of verse 7 here in John 15, it shall be done for you. And again, that word means it will come to pass, it will be done, it will happen. It is just a matter of time. You know, now that our kids are getting older and they're involved in sports, you know, we tell them every game, every practice, it's to learn, it's to improve, it's to do better. You know, when they're real little, the first few seasons, the first few years can be really rough when they're figuring things out. But as they keep practicing, as they keep giving their best, it's going to get better. And they may not be winners or champions this year, but if they won't quit, if they won't give up, if they won't throw in the towel, sooner or later, they're going to get better. Sooner or later, they might even be good or really good. Sooner or later, they might be champions. Now, when they're, it's their first year in elementary, they may not look like champions. They may not play like champions. But over time, if they will be faithful and not give up, they're going to get there. You know, there, there's all this talk out there in the culture of people transitioning, and trying to be all kinds of things. Well, why not transition from being a loser to being a winner? Well, why not transition from being out of shape and overweight to being healthy? Why not transition from not being a very good salesman to being one of the best salesmen or sales ladies on the team? You know, there, there's all this talk of people trying to become this and trying to become that. Why not be a winner? Why not be a victor? Why not be a success? Well, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, if you've never exercised, and you're like, you know, I, I watched Rocky over Thanksgiving, and I'm going to put on <laughs> some sweatpants, and I'm going to go run uphill, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. And if you were in Philly, you wouldn't make it to the top of those steps. You might have to do it day after day, month after month, and eventually you'll get there. So, so why do we get discouraged or blue or sad or throw in the towel when things take time? The good things of God take time. The good things of life take time. Like a baby in the womb, there is a gestation period. There is a development period. But sooner or later, it will come forth. The child, the baby, whatever you're believing God will come forth. The process of faith is like being pregnant. You know, if you've never read the fourth dimension by Dr. Paul Young Cho, I would encourage you to read it. It is a wonderful book on faith and how faith works, but he compares faith to being pregnant. And he tells the story of how he was starting out as a pastor, been wonderfully healed, started out as a pastor, the only members of his church were his wife, his mother-in-law, and their children. And the things that he was believing God for were a desk, a bicycle, and a chair. And, and he tells a story, it's so wonderful, about how 
he eventually went to the Lord and said, Lord, all I've asked for, I'm just a poor preacher, I have nothing, and all I've asked for is a desk and a bicycle and a chair. And the Lord said, well, you didn't tell me what kind of desk and what kind of chair and what kind of bicycle. And so I would encourage you to read that book because it'll help you understand faith and how faith works. The point is, the process of faith is like being pregnant. The good things of God take time for the circumstances of your life to line up with the Word of God and to line up with what you are saying. It takes time. You know, when a woman is pregnant, full term is considered nine months. That, you know, sometimes guys will say, and I would joke, Jessica and I are pregnant together. No, we weren't. It was her. It was all her. I just provided some encouragement along the way. Amen. But it's nine months. It's nine months. It, good things take time. So why would we think that the good things of God won't take time? It doesn't happen overnight. Pe people want to just do whatever they're going to do, and then they want magic, but faith doesn't work that way. And pastor dealt with this in the spring power lunch message inside out. And that's why people fail. They don't stay with the word. They don't stay with putting God first. They don't stay with the word in their confession and in their action. Faith brings forth the promises of God's word over time. Like being pregnant, it takes time. Just like destroying your life takes time, building your life up and changing your life for the better, it takes time. And the meaning of that word in the Greek means to emerge, to become, to transition from one condition to another, to come into being, or to happen. It takes place over time. So meditate on the word of God, and speak the word of God, and take action on the word of God. And over time, your life, your circumstances will change for the better. Over time, your, your life and your circumstances will begin to line up with the word of God. In verse 22 and verse 23 in Mark 11, what Jesus taught has to do with our saying, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Then in verse 24, he taught on praying. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. And so we have something here that's important we often miss. And Pastor taught on this in 2018 in the Holy Week Revival on Mountain Moving Faith. Our faith in God and our faith in the Word of God will work by our saying it. It'll work by our praying it. But when we pray it, we have to say it. And why is that? Our words, because you go back to the very beginning, we're made in the image of Almighty God. Our words have authority. Our words have dominion. Our words have power. Let's go back and end with Luke 6.45 where we began. A good man, and you might say, Austin, I don't feel good. But if you're born again, you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And everything may not yet perfectly line up with the Word. But if you put God first, and you're studying the Word of God, and as the Holy Spirit leads and guides and corrects and convicts you, you respond to that, and you're lining your life up with the Word, you're headed in the right direction. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. 
How? Well, you look at the end of the verse. It's by what we say. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. So how do we bring forth, whether good or bad? How do we bring forth? It is by what we say. We bring forth good or bad by the words of our mouth. Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Now, when you plant a tree, you plant a bush, you plant a seed, you don't have fruit the next day. It takes time. And so one of the ways in which we change our life, our circumstances for the better, is by changing what we say. Not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but day by day, week by week. And the best thing to say is what the Word of God says. You'll hear in a few moments, minutes, I'm going to baptize Sophie. Sophie is a living, breathing, talking, walking miracle. Jessica was nearly eight months pregnant. She was out doing errands. She was sitting at an intersection about to turn left, look clear. Jessica is a conscientious driver. She was about to turn left, look clear. Well, well, later we found out that there was a teenage driver speeding, crazy speed. Jessica was driving a big SUV. They hit that SUV so hard, it flipped and it rolled. When the fire department got there, Jessica was still strapped into her seatbelt, hanging upside down. She's about eight months pregnant. We later find out that in the, the tussle and the jostling that probably the, the placenta had been affected. And so the, the bottom line was Sophie had to be delivered early. Negative circumstance, discouraging circumstance. What do you do in those moments of life? You keep saying what the Word of God says. In all things, He works for our good. He works good on our behalf, on the behalf of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Yes, you're discouraged by it, but it's going to be okay because God is good and God is love, and God looks after us. And it's going to be okay. And so when she was delivered, she was just a little tiny thing. But God is good, and his word is true. And so whether it's a sunny day or a rainy, cold, cloudy day, we say what the word says. Because the good man, the good woman, they bring forth good where? out of the treasure of her heart. And something may seem to be a discouragement. And something may seem to be a difficulty or a setback. But somehow, some way, good is going to come through this. There's going to be a testimony. Because at the end of the day, all glory goes to God. Please bow your heads. You might be here today and say, Austin, I, I don't know the Lord. I've never asked Jesus to be the Lord, the Savior of my life. If you're here today and say, Austin, I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I want to give my life, my heart to him. If that's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand and pray with you. God loves you. He has a wonderful plan, a wonderful purpose for your life. But it all begins by giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You might also be here today in a time in your life you prayed a prayer, you walked, you walked an aisle, but you, you know in your heart 
you're not living for the Lord. The Bible says the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he, he's faithful. He is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can leave today knowing you have a new beginning and a fresh start. You can leave today knowing you have peace with God. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I, I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right with the Lord before I go today. If that's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand where I'll know you want me to pray with you. Well, Heavenly Father, for the sake of your word, we thank you that it's gone forth as a seed planted into good ground. We thank you that it'll bear a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. You might be watching or listening now or later and say, Austin, pray with me. Pray this simple prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I repent of my sins. I ask Jesus to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I give my life to you. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer now or later, we want to be a blessing to you. Go to the address on the screen or go to the church website. We'll send you God's very own child, short book by my father, help you get started in living the Christian life. If you don't have a Bible, you can request one. We'd love to bless you with one.